Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Santa Claus tonight, you better run, boy. You better run for your life. But Mother Superior is Santa Claus. Now I have another reason to hate Christmas. Now that hell is full, I wonder where you will go. The caller is in the house. The calls are coming from the house. You're my family now. But if you're bad boys and girls, your name goes in the bad boys and girls book, and I'll bring you something horrible. Yes, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus. The All-American Spook Show Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined here with Donnie. Hey. And the professor and <coughs> Will, for various reasons, couldn't be with us this week. They have, uh, you know, it, it's in the holidays, so no surprise. You know, we all got yeah. stuff going on, so they just weren't able to make it tonight. So, you just got Donnie and I. And, uh, boy... <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess if anybody, you know, somebody had to do it, right? So yeah. it landed on us. Now, we took a random wheel spin. We, we all nominated something, and we took a random wheel spin uh, for an older holiday movie, Christmas movie, horror movie specifically. And Donnie nominated Bloodbeat, right? Wasn't this you? This was you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did. I had never seen it. Uh, but, you know, I, we had actually... We had uh, we had mentioned it a couple of times on uh, I think the library, uh, library of the professor, um, and or something. It was something odd. It's come up. Um, yeah, it has come up before. I was like, yeah, we'll throw it. I'll I'll nominate this. Well, and, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you here just, we are. You just have to know the power that you wield because anytime you nominate <laughs> something, there's at least a better than seventy five percent chance <laughs> you're going to win it. So. I, I have no idea, yeah. no idea how these. Well, this is these the power you have, and uh, I, I don't know if you've wielded it very uh, smartly this time because yeah. we we'll landed see. on Bloodbeat from 1983. So I'm sure, like any of these type of weird movies like this one, and we'll get into it. <laughs> there's, there's probably tons of fans out there of this movie just because of what mm. it is. But yeah, we'll get to it. But yeah, we encourage you before we dive in. We encourage you to go. Uh, uh, over to aaspookshow.com, you know, center of the universe, the spook show universe, so to speak, where you can find everything, you know, links to all of our past episodes, uh, YouTube stuff we put on the YouTube channel, our Patreon, of course. And, and you can also reach out on patreon.com slash aaspookshow, our T public page, you get merchandise, all kinds of cool stuff. So yeah, aaspookshow.com is the place you want to visit. We're still updating it. We'll always update it actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're still working through it. Got some things on on the uh, um, in the pipeline. Yeah, we've got lots of ideas for stuff that we're going to be adding on there. So you always want to uh, keep checking it out, see if we've put up some uh, some new cool stuff. But until then, it's just kind of the center of the universe. Everything spins out of there, so you want to go check it out. So yeah, I, I guess uh, without any further buildup, we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for Bloodbeat. A ghost. A ghost. A devil, a devil, a poltergeist. poltergeist. Call it what you call it what you will. It lives, it lives, it breathes, it breathes. You'll be paralyzed with fear, with fear as it kills, as it kills, as mutilates, mutilates anyone in its path. Anyone in its So that's the trailer for that. So uh, I'm going to assume, Donnie, this is well. You said a minute ago you've never watched yeah. it before, right? Yeah, same I've here. I've never ne- seen. It. I've never seen it before. Um, so before we go any further, though, I will throw out that we are a spoiler-filled podcast. So if you've never seen Bloodbeat and you want to watch it, you probably want to hit pause now. Go find a copy. Go check it out. Watch it. Yeah, uh, this was interesting. But we, yeah, we encourage you to go. <laughs> we encourage you to go watch it for yourself, and then you know pause this and come back 
and then listen to us because we are going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But yeah, I'll go ahead and dip into some of the background information. Uh, there, there's not a lot, but there's some, a few interesting things that I found, and I'm sure you might have found a few, maybe the same stuff. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, this was awesome. You know how we do the uh, alternate titles sometimes? For, yeah. <laughs> and some of them, like this one that I'm about to say, are like literal English translations of the title. So it's like, here's the title. In this case, here's the title in Japanese, which, you know, I, I'm not even going to begin to try to pronounce that. But the the literal English translation of that title is Bloodbeat, Blade of Bloodthirsty Devilishness. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I, that that would have been better than just Bloodbeat. <laughs> I, I mean, I think Bloodbeat's a fine title. Now, is it the yeah, right, that's fine. Is it the right title for this movie? Yeah, probably not. But I think it's a, it's a, you know, especially for that stuff of the 80s, like early to mid 80s like this, you know, 1983, it is one of those titles that's going to grab you, you know, because <laughs> this is that time period where everybody's, you know, really digging and watching these types of movies. It is what it is. But yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Blade of Bloodthirsty mm-hmm. Devilishness. Yeah, but it doesn't... Well, I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was released on video, Mar- best I can tell, March 18th, 1983, <clears throat> uh, here in the U.S., and uh, it was made by Husky Pup Film Productions. <laughs> uh, it was rated R, total runtime of one hour and 27 minutes, so that's a, a reprieve, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, it's listed as a horror on IMDb, and it was filmed over the course of eight weeks in Spring Green, Wisconsin. I'm not exactly sure... Where on the map Spring Green is, but uh, I would imagine it's in the middle of uh, nowhere. Yeah, it's up there. It was actually shot on 35mm film, but the, mm. but the cinematographer of the movie, his name is Vladimir Von Maul, he thought it was being shot for television. So that's why this movie is full screen. Even though they got a hold of a 35mm print to like do the 4K restoration years later, Back in 2017, October of 2017, it was released on DVD and Blu-ray by Vinegar Syndrome, who did the 4K restoration from a 35 millimeter print. But because the dude had shot it in full screen, you know, 4-3 aspect, because he thought it was for TV. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently that print had a lot of mold and moisture damage to it, too. So I think that's what you see in, you know, the version that we both of us watched. You can see some of that graininess and the weird stuff. But I think overall, though... I think the job that they did restoring this, because I can only imagine what this thing looked like before. You know, if you get some old VHS copy of this movie, because yeah. apparently it was it was seldomly released, this movie. Which, uh, Smoke has a VHS copy. He's probably one of the few, I would imagine, because I don't <laughs> think this, this in no way was any kind of success. Uh, I don't think it ever got released on DVD until this October 2017 release of the restoration, you know, that came out on DVD and Blu-ray. So, like, I think there was probably just one or two versions of it that came out on VHS back in the mid eighties. And that was it until. Yeah. There's probably, you know, and you know, like like you said, there's uh there's probably fans of this movie, but uh, it's so uh, weird. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a weird one, Yeah. but um, you know, just like if like, how do they pick these movies that um, you know, get like, which movies get restored, which just, yeah. Vinegar syndrome is one of those kind of, you know, production houses you know however they label themselves they, yeah they thrive on finding the most niche weird movies that i'm sure people are like oh you got to find this one and then they find it and restore it you know that's kind of their thing you know so mm, yeah to for this one to be one of them doesn't surprise me at all after watching it you know like, this <laughs> this is right up that weird alley for sure it was directed written and and the music was composed by fabrici and Zafferatos. Um, he also in the movie played the samurai and I think he had some other small role in the movie too, but he was the dude in the samurai suit. He was also a writer and a composer on a, on a movie of a French film, I believe called La Grande Frime. And that was pretty much it. By the way, he also said that he was, uh, doing some heavy drugs at this time and (laughs) (laughs) surprise, surprise, right? Um, he was on some stuff. It didn't say exactly what, but he admits that he was on some stuff. And the title of the movie Bloodbeat, is from... That feeling apparently you get of like hearing your heartbeat while you're on drugs was what he claims. Like that's why he called it bloodbeat because I guess you can hear your heart. I don't know. You know, I'm pretty sure you well, hear I, and see all kinds you know, of shit on some heavy stuff. So yeah, I mean, I guess I like thing is like you know you think beat. I I don't think of heart. I think of like music. Yeah. You know. The beat. Yeah, but yeah. most of the most of the soundtrack on this. It's fucking classical. Yeah, yeah. It's like classical violin. I yep. I just 
which like, adds to the weirdness. <laughs> oh my God. It's it really just like, even basically like, and a lot of the information that we know about this movie now comes from like, apparently the commentary on that vinegar syndrome release. And I'm mm. sure some other random interviews, but because this dude had never really done much else, that's about the only time you're going to get him to sit down and talk about it. And apparently, uh, I read something where like, they got some stuff out of him when they did the commentary, but they had like a 15 minute long or so sit down interview with him. And he barely wanted to talk about it. He wanted to talk about all the other stuff in his life. Like, you know, his love of art and music and all this other stuff. And meanwhile, he's barely talking about <laughs> Bloodbeat as, and this is an extra <laughs> on the damn Bloodbeat Blu-ray, you know, but so he's one of those guys, just fucking weirdo. Yeah. And this movie, you know, I think it proves out. Uh, the movie stars Helen Benton as Kathy. N- really nothing else to point out about her. Yeah, this, yeah, might, this, might this was like the only, only thing, thing she she did yeah. ever. Claudia Payton as Sarah, uh, once again, same deal, pretty much. Terry yeah. Brown as Gary, uh, he was in a movie called Dark Rider. Uh, ironically, another movie called My Samurai, <laughs> and another <laughs> yeah. one, another one called Copy Copycat. I almost said copyright, but Copycat. Uh, Dana Day as Dolly, she's the uh, younger sister. Really, not much else to point out. And James Fitzgibbons as Ted, uh, he was he he did something called producing the hood. That was about the only other thing worth mentioning. Yeah. So yeah, this cast is mostly like this is pretty much the only time you saw probably any of them outside of Terry Brown. You know, the guy that played Gary. He was in a handful of other things. Yeah, most of right. most of that is also true for the crew as well. Yeah, and I believe I read somewhere in something in my research that said that basically some of these people, I, it didn't point out who. Some of these people were basically just in this movie because they lived around there. <laughs> they lived in near in or near Spring Green, Wisconsin. So fuck it, throw them in. You know we need people in the movie. Yeah. So I think that's basically uh, what it, what it comes to there. So did you have anything else you want to point out before we uh, dig into this meaty this meaty uh, Christmas sandwich? Nah, let's just get to it. <laughs> <laughs> let's just take a bite. Step right this way, folks, for the most extravagant array of refreshment goodies ever assembled under one roof. Enjoy breathtaking, taste-tempting candies of finest quality. Enjoy popcorn exploded into tender, delicious, crispy bites of crunchy goodness. Enjoy the tops in cool, refreshing soft drinks. If you want to enjoy some refreshments, this is your opportunity. There will now be a short intermission. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So, like we always do, we just randomly go over to Audible and we'll type in the title of the movie or something that has something to do with the movie. So I just went in and typed in Bloodbeat, and here's what we get. I've got six results, just typing in the words Bloodbeat. The first one, the eight-week blood sugar diet. <laughs> How to beat diabetes fast and stay off medication. Uh, that one's four and a half hours long. Uh, Go the Way Your Blood Beats on Truth, Bisexuality, and Desire by Michael Amherst. That one's almost three and a half hours long. And then, uh, let's see, Fear of Blood Hypnosis. Beat the Bodily Fluid Blues with Hypnosis. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That one's, well, it's only 33 minutes, so I guess, you know, thank God. It's not a a long listen, but yeah, there you go. if any of that sounds like it's up your up your alley, and I don't know why the hell it would be, uh, you can go over to and download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookshow for your free audiobook. So as uh, as his, as has been our habit here lately, I will uh, roll over to uh, IMDb and I'll find the plot summary just to see what pops up because these are sometimes entertaining, although mostly usually hard to read. We've got the usual one sentence one. A young woman accompanies her boyfriend to his family's rural Wisconsin home for Christmas, where the spirit of a Japanese samurai begins wreaking havoc on them. That's about right. Yeah, well, it's, it's not, it's not mm. wrong, right? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm That's sorry. That's right. the only synopsis, because this other <laughs> thing is explaining how you submit a synopsis. synopsis. So, yeah, that's uh. it. So, uh that, that, but really, that's all you got to say about it, right? As far as like what this movie is, and oh. we'll get into the you know some of the play by play throughout here, our conversation. But that's as easy a way to explain this movie as any, right? Like, yeah, I mean, celebrating it's... Christmas and uh, <laughs> and then some kind of random samurai starts attacking them in Wisconsin. Yeah, and that's 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 another thing. Like <laughs> now, to be fair, I don't know if they ever say. Maybe they do, and I just missed it. Do they ever say where they are in the movie? No, well, I mean, they, they we really don't have to because there's a uh, 
there's a sh- like was it it's dolly yep. who wears a shirt that says property of uh, wisconsin athletic okay. department so okay. there's you know there's that indication i just don't remember that, seeing it on the screen like you know spring green wisconsin or yeah but you know, whatever okay so it doesn't really explain why there's a ghost samurai no. in uh, Wisconsin. Like uh-huh. I remember her finding the sword and looking at it, but like, but, it apparently, doesn't... but apparently that didn't really happen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Cause like, it's like, remember she saw, like she opens up a chest in her room and we're jumping forward a little bit here, but she opens up a chest in her room and there's a fucking full on samurai outfit in the, in the chest. Yeah. And then like, yeah. They hear her scream. They run in and like the chest is not there. There's no samurai outfit. And she's the sword. It cut me. And she doesn't have a cut. So like, is this, but then later on, they randomly stab the samurai out in the woods and then carry the suit back to the house. So like, it's like on one hand, like, is this real? But on another hand, like, well, clearly it's fucking real. So one of many, many questions that were left unanswered in this movie. I think, I think you start right from the beginning though, with the synthesizer insanity, (laughs) like that, that music and the, and the shit from the beginning, like it's totally 1983, 1982. Yeah, that is. And it would have been fine if they like stuck with that, but but no, it's the rest of it is classical violin and it's, Oh my God. And it's loud. It's yeah. And it's, it's some just par- on some parts it's almost unlistenable because it's so fucking loud. Yeah, like, I wanted to mute it. I wanted to mute it as soon you know, as the movie started, but you know, you have to play it God. out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it, you're right. It, it would have been cooler if they'd have stuck with the synth score. You know, it would have felt more of the time and it did right out the gates. So I'm like, all right, here we go. Full on 1983. I'm ready for the ride. And then, you know, classical starts spinning. Ugh. Dreadful. <laughs> Oh, and you um, and you haven't watched Home Sweet Home yet, have you? I have not. I have not. We'll get to that on Spook Show Rewind one of these days, but that'll be many moons from now, you know, at the pace we're going. But um, this movie had some heavy Home Sweet Home vibes at first until it kind of took a right-hand turn and went into the sam- the ghost samurai shit. But I'm telling yeah, you, like... that, that first 15, 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be just like Home Sweet Home. <laughs> I was like, what gave you that vibe, though? I mean, I haven't seen it, well, but still. Well, when you see it, I think, you know, I wish, you know, Will or Smoker were here right now because they've seen it and they and they know what I'm saying. But, like, when you watch it, it's just that that uh, backwoods, we're gathering for the holidays thing where nothing happens. Right? I mean, think about it. Yeah. The first 15, 20 no. minutes, fucking nothing. You're just watching them, like. Well, you, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Let's go hunting. They go hunting multiple times. You know, like, that's really all that happens. Yeah. Well, also at the uh, at the beginning, you know, what was going on with the extreme close-ups? <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, that's close av- in on av- Kathy's face. Av- close in on Sarah's face. Avant-garde filmmaking. That's what it is. God damn. <laughs> no, While it, this dude's doing LSD, you know, the, the Fabrici, whatever the fuck his name is. The guy that uh, made it. <laughs> and Kathy, Kathy, uh, I guess the mom, um, she looked Stone. like, uh, Iron Eyes Cody. I was about to say Remember, old, uh, <laughs> old stone face. Yeah. The yeah, crying yeah. Indian from yeah. the pollution PSA. No, no. Even more importantly, he was in Ernest goes to camp, right? Wasn't that him? That's right. He yeah. was in Ernest That's, that's, that's a more important, uh, pull there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest goes yeah. To that's, camp. that's not even a, uh, that's not even a connection. But it's, you know, I guess a reference to yeah, a connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not an official connection for sure. But yeah. She's like, not in uh, it, but she looks, she de- she's got that stone face. It's like, yeah, you don't know how to read her. It's like she wasn't an actress or something. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> but no, as soon as, uh, I guess, as soon as, I, well, the, it, this was the beginning, uh, but as soon as Gary and Kathy Walked up to the house. I I wanted the house to explode. That would have that would have saved us a lot of grief. That would have. Uh, what was the <laughs> what was the total runtime? I said an hour and twenty seven. Yeah, that would have saved us yeah, about yeah you know an hour and seventeen minutes. So yeah, that would <laughs> the shitty couple, <laughs> the shittiest couple of all. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. I love it when they go hunting though. When they find like you know like everybody goes hunting except for the mom Kathy because yeah. she's got. Her fucking painting is so important. And they keep stressing that. Like, my work. My work is so important. I have to be down here painting these god-awful abstract pictures to hang everywhere yeah. around my house. My work is the That's most like, important thing. 
So the mental whole illness. Yes. <laughs> so basically, the entire family goes out hunting, and Sarah, who is the girlfriend uh, that has been brought she uh here so she's not used to this kind of thing she's uh ted right yeah ted is her boy uh boyfriend he's this is his family she's just come to visit right so yeah. they all go hunting and then like they by the way i don't think you hunt that way like you have like six people seven people whatever it was <laughs> line up with bows and arrows and guns and then just point it <laughs> All, all beside each other, and then just pointed at a a, a deer like it's a firing squad, <laughs> and she's and she just freaks out, right? Like, ah, stop! And but like, what did she think it was gonna be like? Yeah, like I'm going out here. To Why hunt. did Wait she a minute, even they're do? They're actually it? gonna kill this thing. Ah! She freaks out. She runs, and then Gary, in one of the best moments of acting in the entire movie, he just goes, "God damn!" <laughs> Slams his hat down. <laughs> Oh man, that's that was like more, something straight out of fucking Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> that's one of the more authentic, uh, uh, you know, reactions to something in the, in this movie, though, because that was, you know, like if you would be out hunting and and you've got your rifle or your bow and arrow and you're ready to go, and then somebody just goes, nah! that's the way <laughs> you would react to it, you know, for sure. But <laughs> but then when she runs away, she runs into this random guy who just died, like. He's been eviscerated or something. I don't know what the fuck's happened to him. Yeah, it doesn't even like I don't know. Was it a? You didn't was see he it. shot? I, I mean, like it looks like he was stabbed or something. And I, you know, obviously yeah. you put two and two together later. The samurai, I guess, was out there. Yeah. But you didn't see this happen on camera. You just see the dude run yeah. up on her, you know, and then it's a thing. But yeah, that that was really my my point of bringing that one in specific up was that that was really the first time in the movie something happened because up until then it was just like. Hey, I want to introduce you to Sarah. You know, like you meet. Yeah, all the it was just like members. regular life that no one would record. <laughs> no one would. Yeah, <laughs> nobody would care to see. It's just like everyone arriving for the holidays, and then you know, oh, let's go hunting. You know. <laughs> yeah. But up until that point, right yeah. there, when she freaks out and runs, and then runs into this guy, nothing really had happened. <laughs> Gary, when Gary and Kathy go into the room and like have this argument about her work, how important her work oh, is yeah. because he wants to marry her and she won't do it. Then he's just like, he's basically just like, fuck you, fuck all of this. And then just goes in the living room and <laughs> puts headphones on and sits down and watches TV. Like, wouldn't you just leave? <laughs> no, I guess <laughs> no, I'm just, I got, I got, I got something to watch here. Watch Ted Koppel. And then uncle Pete who shows up, just randomly, oh, yeah. they just kind of throw him in. <laughs> he leaves. I don't even know why he left. I guess he just went to town to go drink. I don't know whatever the fuck he was doing. Mm. His car breaks down, or his truck breaks down the side of the road. Yeah. And then somebody you don't see comes up and throats him. You know, he just gets stabbed in the throat or whatever. And they, yeah. That's all you see though. So I was really kind of disappointed up to this point. Cause I was like, Oh fuck. You know, like it's going to be one of those movies, <laughs> like in some ways, parts of the first Friday, the 13th were where it's just like, Things happen, but you don't really see them happen. You know, there were there were certain parts in that movie that were just like this. Like you kind of see them happen, and they they quickly cut away. So I'm like, fuck. Here we go. It's gonna be one of those kind of movies where you know it's more implied than it is you really seeing anything. You know, and I, I hate that in a horror movie. I know not every well, horror movie is gonna be super gory or anything. It just it gets annoying. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Was it? There were, and this was before the <laughs> the dog was outside. And they call in the dog, and his name is Chuki. What kind yeah. of name now is Chuki? Now that's the waterbed couple, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, this random water like couple where the guy is sick, <laughs> and the woman's taking care of him, and they they're they're on a waterbed. <laughs> and yeah, they had a dog named Chuki. I don't know. Maybe that's some backwoods fucking Wisconsin shit. I don't know. I have Chuki. no idea. Who knows? But I, I wrote in my notes the real magic, the real sorcery here is how the hell that tea didn't spill. When she put it in the water, but like she, <laughs> yeah. she brings in a pitcher of tea or not a pitcher. It's like a, a yeah, it was like a little tea kettle, tea kettle thing with a couple glasses of stuff. And she sits it on the waterbed and then just sits on the waterbed. So it's back and forth. But that shit did not spill, man. It's like, no. wow, that's, that's impressive. Like, oh, as hell. But that, if nothing else pegs down the time period when they made this, you know, sometime around 1982, seeing that waterbed. I'll tell you what, I was man. just like, yep, that's eighties, man. When, when I, yeah, when I uh, when I went away to college um, in Florida, um, I actually brought my old waterbed. So I, I, but the complex wouldn't let me have it because I had to have waterbed insurance. 
I was yeah, like, what? Is that well, a thing? It makes sense because anyway. those things bust and like now you just fucked up the ceiling or something you know, or the floor or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was on the bottom floor, I mean, but I didn't. Well, matter. yeah. So you would have messed up the floor, that, you know? So yeah. Air mattress it Dude, was for. I haven't uh... seen a fucking waterbed in 30 <laughs> years, man. It's, that's something they got left in the 90s. I haven't seen one in forever. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Speaking of the waterbed couple, when they are attacked. Ah, yeah. The she, whole premise the wife, surrounding. Yeah. Uh, the, the wife. <laughs> The wife gets stabbed, killed, whatever. Yeah. Uh, then the dude gets attacked, but he kind of, they kind of run, run around with him for about 10 minutes before he's finally, I guess I think he even makes it to like the van or something and then gets, goes down the road and is chased and eventually he gets caught and killed. But you know, by this, I I, I don't remember whether you actually see the samurai or not, but you're getting closer, right? At this no, point. You, I mean, at this time you don't, you don't. Okay. So, but you do get to see Sarah. Who you know is, is you know in herself over there in the bed? She's dreaming. I guess she's having a wet dream. I don't know what the hell she's doing. It looks like she's you know playing with herself. She absolutely is. Yeah, I mean uh, she is. But basically, it's almost like every time she has an orgasm, somebody dies. Now I will say this, and I will say that, like, because we're, uh, I mean, you know, we're in the Carolinas. This is the Bible Belt. You know. Uh, um, this is basically what, uh, you know, uh, the church is, uh, you know, when you're, I guess when you're growing up, you know, they say, you know, um, don't play with yourself. People will die, which actually they, <laughs> they don't say that shit, but they allude, they allude that bad things happen, yeah. you know, when you, when you give in to your urges. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard that one before. Like, uh, you, you know, if you, if you're whacking off or something, you'll get a hairy palm or something. That, that always still <laughs> you'll go some, blind. Yeah. You'll go blind. There's <laughs> always some bullshit, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. but apparently, yeah. And, and, in, in Wisconsin, theirs is, it, well, if you play with yourself, you're going to bring a ghost samurai back to life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, flying product placement. Yeah. When, yeah, the, the house goes haywire after this. Yeah. It's like full-on poltergeist mode, you know, shit's flying everywhere, knives and stuff. But, like, no, Gary didn't get taken out with a knife or the toaster or anything like that. <laughs> it was a flying can of tab. <laughs> <laughs> they came across and... Oh, man. Some of that was hilarious, by the way. I was, I was, you know, literally laughing out loud. And that moment when the shit was flying across it, because it looked so cheap ass. Oh yeah, man! It was uh, <laughs> Nestle's Quick Lipton tea, like Pepsi, yeah. and this and random can of Tab. <laughs> A nineteen eighty three can of Tab oh, came across and just whacked him upside the head, and it didn't kill him, but he he got knocked out. Yeah, and it made it bloody. The mom, Kathy, she comes out yeah. and kind of like I think she just basically kind of convinces the samurai ghost to leave at that point, right? Like. Yeah, she used her some sort of um, psychokinetic, I don't know, and whatever as powers. Along, and as you've gone along up to this point in the movie, you figure she's got some, because there's this weird thing where like Sarah comes in and it's like, I have i don't know how I, I know her, but we've met before or something. Like, you, you can see that yeah. there's some weird connection has, or something that yeah. honestly basically goes unexplained. Like, I'm thinking like throughout this, like, oh, well, maybe, maybe randomly Sarah grew up in this house and something happened to her. And now she, you know, by chance she has come back and now, but no, like <laughs> if there was anything there, they either abandoned it or, <laughs> or, or it was never there. And I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, better than they did, but, uh, either Gross. way, like, cause remember even later on, there's a picture of Sarah uh, or, or there's yeah. a picture of a young girl, right? And you assume yeah. it, it's a picture of Sarah who didn't grow up there, but she burnt like with, uh, telekinesis or some shit she burns the picture so you assume that means like well there's some connection she's been here before but apparently not i don't know yeah it's never explained but you know blood beat so then then there's this thing so like it's kind of inferred throughout that like kathy has some type of she can see things she has some kind of mind power right something yeah and then like she kind of after this moment where the house goes crazy Ted comes in and I, I think, I don't remember whether his sister Dolly was there, but I think it was Gary. I think it was just her, Kathy, Gary, and Ted. And then she's like, they're not going to take my baby. He's not going to take my baby. Something, right? She's referring to something like she knows what's going on and she's yeah. the only one that can stop this. And then Ted's just like, mama, you don't know mean mama, you don't know mean. 
he says this three or four times in a row. Yeah. Mama, you yeah. know what I mean? But there's no explanation as to what might be happening here. Yeah, like, exactly. It's nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Mama, you know me. And yeah, you know, what? You know, know what? what? Later on in the uh, in the woods, and that shit must run in the family because uh, Dolly. And after we um, uh, we we see Gary uh, axe the samurai uh, in the woods, uh, then you know the uh, the armor falls, mm-hmm. uh, armor falls to the ground, yeah. and then you see Dolly like looking over, uh, looking over the, at the armor, just kind of freaking out. Uh, says Mama's right, Mama's right, like four <laughs> times. So is there a scene we missed there, or is there was there uh, a scene that explained things more and they just cut it out? I don't know what happened there. Like not, it felt like something was missing, like or at least there was an explanation coming that we never got. One of the well, other. there was um, the campfire scene mm-hmm. um, when um, you know I guess the hunters were out. Like, yeah, you know, you I mean guess those random, camping, like, kind of random hobo hunters, whatever they were. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. campfire harmonica. You know, um, yeah. but no, I, you know, it's something I was, I was thinking like, well, you know, that, that was the, uh, the, that was the kill scene. And I think it was three hunters, maybe four. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, I was thinking, Ted uh, and, uh, you know, Tara and Sarah, Ted and Sarah were having sex. Like, yeah. so it's cutting yeah. back and forth. Like you see them having sex, cut back to the, uh, the hobo hunters, cut back to them sex. Right. And these dudes are dying as she's. Oh yeah, as she's being completed, <laughs> and I bet uh, I bet Ted was feeling real good about his uh, bed skills. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. During that, only to find out, yeah, it's not your, it's not you that uh, she's climaxing yeah, no, to. She, but. She's climaxing to her her samurai ghost, <laughs> killing hobos. Like, seriously. Or See, <laughs> so, yeah, that's where so, I think that's where you fully come to the conclusion that yeah, like it's it, to me, it's like okay, well. If she gets her rocks off, somebody's going to die, right? Like, that's kind of the, the conclusion <laughs> I came to at that moment. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. No, that's it. I mean, that's a, it, I mean, we're trying to make sense of a drug fueled, uh, financial, uh, you yeah. know, what do we do? Someone do finances do his fever dreams is what it is. <laughs> um, and then Finnegar syndrome comes along 35 years later and, restores it <laughs> so here we are so sarah eventually like you know she kind of turns on ted there's finally like this breakdown and she just tosses him with her mind i guess <laughs> ah he gets tossed across the room and then she puts, what does she do ha ah! and then she puts on the <laughs> then she puts on the samurai suit so now she's full on like you know um, she is like super shredder yeah <laughs> so up to this point now now she's wearing the suit and she's kind of like possessed by the ghost or whatever right so it wasn't her up until now i don't think right it was like some samurai ghost no. was doing all this killing yeah something and now she's kind of one with the force so to speak <laughs> she puts on the now it's her right she is the samurai and she immediately kills gary with the with the samurai sword and then <laughs> you notice when she uh, stabs Gary with it and it kind of <laughs> takes the sword with him, you know, when he stabbed yeah. and then it cuts back to her and she's got another samurai sword in her hand, like, bling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was a different kind of sword or just a continuity error. I don't know what the fuck. Was yeah. Going I don't know. Probably, probably such. Kathy was stabbed and then her face <laughs> turns into oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was all crusted over. It was like <laughs> within maybe two, three seconds. Yeah. Apparently, I guess maybe now it's that Kathy is dead or maybe Dolly, her kids, Dolly and Ted had this power all along, but they do the old wonder wonder twins activate power, (laughs) you know, form of samurai ass kicker. And then they take her out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's like dominant and recessive genes, you know, but I I don't really know which is which uh, in this. And in this respect, but, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Samurai Sarah, Samurai Sarah actually sounds like a garbage pill kid. Um, <laughs> it probably, but, you know, you know, that which was is around the same time. So maybe that was the, uh, maybe there was a Samurai Sarah and that's where they got the whole idea for this movie. Who knows? <laughs> is there, uh, yeah, well, I think this is a better movie than, uh, well, not, there is no, I think, uh, there is, uh, this is definitely a better movie than the garbage pill kids movie. Yeah. <laughs> Even as as weird and as out yeah. of sorts as it is, yeah, I think I would definitely. If you're giving me the choice between the two, 
Absolutely. I'm, I'm watching this again before I go and watch the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have a little surprise here. We were actually able to pull in Professor Smoke from the road. He's actually on his way back from, uh, you know, a holiday excursion out west. And uh, he, he's actually on the road from what? You're coming from St. Louis, Missouri, right? Yeah. Well, Houston, Missouri. But yeah. Yeah. It's out there. More rural area. We were we happened to be in St. Louis doing some things there. But yeah, out in the rural area of Missouri or Missouri, I guess I should say, yeah, right? Missouri, yeah. That's the correct. And I think the, I think there. you did the same thing last year around this time, right? Like you kind of came in toward the end to kind of give your thoughts about the movie because you were on the way back when we were recording. So yeah, I it, can't remember. I was trying to remember. I could. I mean, I, I just, you know didn't have time to like look it up to see it, but I can't remember what movie exactly that was. <laughs> but yeah, it was about a year ago or so. Yeah, yeah. Same exact. Probably about the same location too. Right before I hit the mountains of uh, Tennessee, because yep. we're you know, coming up on Knoxville here soon and then the mountains after that. So but yeah, it was about the same spot last time, I believe. So I guess it's just going to turn into our annual holiday tradition of smoke rolling <laughs> in at the end to kind of give his two cents. But, uh, yeah, so smoke hasn't had a chance to hear everything we've talked about because we're just bringing him in here, uh, after we've already kind of had our, you know, Donnie and I've already had the kind of the big discussion about the movie, but smoke will give you the floor to, you know, point out a few things and give your thoughts and stuff before we get into the ratings. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a movie I've seen a handful of times now, I suppose you could say. I mean, I, I saw it back in the video rental days in the late 80s, early 90s or so. And I eventually picked up the VHS copy of the movie well before. And, you know, I haven't done any research on, like, who released this first on DVD. But I, we kind of, I mean, I kind of assumed, I don't know if y'all did or not either, that it was Vinegar Syndrome's new release. Probably the only time that it's been on an official DVD release that I can think of. It might have been on some bootleg type, you know. DVD set or so, but as far as I know, this is the only, you know, the Vinegar Syndrome release was the first one on yeah, DVD I, I, or yeah, that's the research. That's the research that I had found, and we talked about that earlier, was that they they were the ones that did this 4K restoration, <clears throat> this 4K restoration, and it had not been released since, like, you know, the early VHS release, releases of the mid-80s. Yeah, that's what I was the case, because I'd never, I probably would have picked this up at some point if I'd heard wind of, you know, Anchor Bay back in the day or Blue Underground or somebody releasing it. And not, not because I think it's a masterpiece or, or so, but I'll get to that. But when I first saw it back in the video rental days, it was like, <laughs> it's one of those like, what the, what the fuck? I mean, I, I probably wasn't, I know I wasn't into regional horror movies as much as I would come to be later. But I guess you'd call this sort of a regional horror movie. I know it was shot in Wisconsin, but it was <laughs> directed by a Frenchman. Who and I don't know if y'all came across anything in the research of why he was in Wisconsin. I don't know if he had moved there, was currently living there, if he went there to shoot this movie specifically or what. Uh, I know it was his only film, and he was the son of a of a French director who had made some known films. I get you know I still rank this as a regional horror film, even though I guess he wasn't you know he's from France, not from Wisconsin, but he was shooting it in Wisconsin, and it's very much like a just a little bit of regional horror film. Has a little bit of a art house vibe to it too i know i don't know if y'all talked about that i assume you probably did mention something about the way it was shot and edited and and that the uh the cinematography actually whoever was I, and i don't i didn't look at this detail yet to see who was the camera operator slash cinematographer but it might have been the same person operating the cameras and the cinematographer or whatever but i thought the cinematography looked well i mean i think they did some interesting stuff there it was it was technically competent you know handled well uh, editing wise was too, even though it's got some strangeness in the editing and the cinematography, but it looked, you could tell that there was somebody that maybe knew what they were doing. Whereas you get some of these regional horror films from first time directors or first time editors, first time writers, or whatever. You know, it's a whole bunch of things going in the pot that make this, that make them either be really terrible or so bad they're good or, or just good. You know, first time director, first time writer, and this stuff just comes off great, like a, pretty much like Sam Raimi's Evil Dead or something. I'm more of the mind so, that this 4K restoration makes this movie look better than it has any right to be, to look. You know? <laughs> I watched it. Now, I, like I said, I had the VHS, and it's been a little while since I've seen it. Maybe a couple of years ago, that, like we watched it for Christmas. <laughs> One, you know, maybe two years ago or so. Maybe it was even a year ago. But Merry Christmas. But yeah, I watched the. Well, YouTube actually uh, has the 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 Vinegar Syndrome. I guess put it on YouTube. Okay. You can watch it free on YouTube. It was. Uh, you know, I guess it's not 4K technically if it's coming from YouTube and I'm watching it through my phone. 
but it looked better than I'd ever seen it before. Certainly, looking at it on YouTube, the restored version of whatever, not 4K, but probably Blu-ray quality, at least coming through YouTube through my phone, was heads and tails above, I guess, the VHS quality of the VHS print. Now, is that a good or bad thing? It depends on what your perspective. I kind of, I kind of tend to like that VHS look when it comes to these types of low-budget, <laughs> you know, off-the-wall type movies. But I, but I'd say they, they did, they did a, you know, slam bam job with the, uh, with the remastering of this thing, Vinegar Syndrome, as they usually do. Probably, like you said, more than it deserves. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely out there as far as like, I don't know where the hell this movie went, was going. I don't know, like, as far as the storyline, there's nothing ever really given away. You just kind of have to make your way through what you think it means or what you think is going on, whether it's, you know, the samurai is a, as a ghost at first, is it is it the psychic manifestation of uh, what's her name, Sarah? Sarah, yep. uh, yeah, yeah. Or you know, because eventually, you know, <laughs> whatever it starts out as, I mean, obviously she's connected to it. The mom also has psychic powers. Then you find out the kids also have. Well, not they're not kids, her kids, but you know they're adults. But mm. they also have psychic powers. Everybody almost in the movie has psychic powers, and then you know Sarah's linked to the samurai, but. Where the hell is the samurai? Why, why is there a samurai ghost or manifestation, whatever, in rural Wisconsin? Yeah. We never, we don't get that. <laughs> we don't get, we don't get an answer to that. Uh, we don't get an answer to the psychic connection at all. Whether you know why her mom has it, why Sarah has it, why the kids, <laughs> why well, you assume the kids have it because they hered, you know, hereditary from the mom. But this samurai ghost or manifestation that Sarah becomes possessed by later, I guess you know, that's after, after the. Uh, guy like slashes at it with the axe and then it just falls to the ground and the manifestation is gone but then sarah puts on the, the armor and becomes the samurai again later so yeah the, all this stuff is just up there you have no fucking clue what's going on <laughs> yeah no yeah. and uh again i guess that's maybe coming from the <laughs> from the french director from the guy the, the director right i guess he wrote it too the french guy because it's it's very i don't know it's it's, it's almost like uh some sort of wisconsin rural hillbilly-ish, whatever, you know, thing meets highbrow art house. Yeah, I, I, that's so, a... It, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot yeah. going on, yeah. Now, now I, like, I kind of... The, the synth soundtrack is kind of endearing to me. If you like, you know, if you like 80s or and you like synth soundtrack, you get it in here, but it's well, not like, it's not on the, it's definitely not on the level of Goblin or... Yeah, and we, and or, we, uh, we talked about that earlier, the fact that, like, the movie starts off that way, but then they just abandon it for, like, classical music. And... That's yeah, probably that's because of, you know, what was free to use. That's, yeah, very true, yeah. And what better piece to put in there than, like, O Fortuna, the, the Carl Orff, you know, classical music track mm-hmm. that you hear in, like, Excalibur. Uh, hell, you even hear it in the Doors movie with uh, Jim, well, with Jim Morrison, of course. With uh, Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison. You hear the song a lot, all over the place. And it, 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 it works, although I don't know if it works necessarily for what they were going for with the Samurai Ghost Manifestation you know, attacking, it goes for, it goes good with like King Arthur riding in, you know, and so, <laughs> not so much maybe for this, but it did peak, it does peak it up for me. Like, oh yeah, hell yeah. I love this, you know, Carl Orff track. So more power to him, I guess, for using that one. They could have used something else, I guess, that would have been less exciting. <laughs> but yeah, like it, like Dottie said, it's probably because it was public domain free to use. All right. Well, I guess it's what we call nut cutting time. Let's, let's get down to brass tacks here and figure out what our ratings are. Um, Donnie, I'll let you go first. Where, where do you, uh, stand on this movie? You know, as weird as it is, man, I, I wasn't bored the entire time. So, uh, um, that's a plus. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I mean, you know, call it for what it is. Uh, is it something, something for me is like, it has to be at least three stars for me to watch it again. I'm, I'm good without watching this again. So, uh, I'm thing is, I, it's definitely weird, but I think right now I'm going to give it maybe two stars. I think I'm going to give it two stars right now. Professor, I'll go ahead and let you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, as I said, I've seen it a, a handful of times, you know, not an inordinately amount of times, but <laughs> enough now to, to know. Also, also, before I give a rating, I'll say, Donnie, you'll probably at some point down the road, even though you give it under the three stars, meaning you might not be a movie that you would revisit again, somewhere down the road a few years or so from now, in the back of your head, you're going to hear, you're going to have the blood beat, you know, like, <laughs> I know I need to watch it again. <laughs> nah. The thing is, like, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just it yeah, was just yeah. odd. It was just like a different. Um, yeah, it is. 
It's just a different kind of movie. Definitely. And, I, and even for even me being a fan of regional horror movies and seeing a lot of these types of low-budget regional horror movies, this one is <laughs> stands out. I'm not saying that it's like a masterpiece of regional horror, but I think it's because of the, the whole French director, first-time director for him, and then, you know, growing up, I guess, around filmmaking because of his father. And then being being plopped down in rural Wisconsin and making a movie that you just can't, uh, I guess, replicate that again. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely something interesting there. And it's like, it takes a while for it to get started. I mean, the, um, the movie's like at least halfway over before the samurai even really shows up. But before you even get a second kill, really, whenever, you know, you get that first kill at the beginning with the hunter or whatever they, you know, and that also you don't get an explanation for exactly, you know, is it, was it the samurai manifestation that killed him? You kind of assume, because I mean, if he was way over here and they weren't even shooting in that direction, you kind of assume that that was the case, but whatever. Somebody we didn't even know, and then you got to wait another, like, 20, 30 minutes. No. Yeah, about, no, it's about 40 something minutes, right? Almost to the 50 minute mark before you get the samurai killing the neighbors or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it takes a while to get off. But then once it gets to that second half of the movie, uh, that's where it really, I think, shines, quote, quote unquote, shines. <laughs> that's where it gets really even weirder. And like, you know, like they, I don't know, like everybody, I, actually, I think I did hear the director was on drugs when he, when he either, when he wrote or when he made the movie. Yep. Yep. We talked about that's, that uh, earlier. Y'all, y'all, y'all mentioned that. Y'all yeah, found yeah, out that. Yeah, too? that he. Yeah, apparently he was yeah. on some, some. He didn't say what, but he was definitely on something. Yeah, I would assume there had to be some sort of psychedelic. If I had to, yeah. uh, yeah. I was a that yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I think he probably would have. But uh, as a viewer, it makes you feel like you're on the psychedelic yourself, kind of. <laughs> watching it. You know, you get all the weird animation, hand drawn animation on the film cell stuff at the end of it, with the psychic uh, battle or whatever. But yeah, it's. It's a movie that I enjoy for what it is. It's not one that I pull out, like I said, all the time. I certainly don't watch it every Christmas, but I mean, I've watched it a few times now, and I'll watch it again a few more years or so from now. I'll pull it out and watch it. It's just, it's an interesting kind of, and also, like I said, I like these types of regional horror. We haven't done a whole lot of them yet, but we'll get to some more uh, as time goes by. So I have an affinity, as you'll notice, as we do more of these, for these types of just off the wall movies of like single director, like didn't do anything else or shot in some rural area of backwoods, wherever. So, uh, I might be a little bit more lenient on these types of movies than, uh, than others would be <laughs> or more so than they have any right to, to be. I think I'll go with a two and a half on it. So that's it. That's, you know, my rating too is kind of like, it's, sometimes it's like, the, I have to give it a three. Also, I'll, I'll repeat viewings on it. This one I do, you know, watch more than a couple times or so, but it's going to be years apart. So yeah, I'm gonna stick with the 2.5 on it for me for now. Uh, for me, I think you know on my scale, I think it kind of lands like I'm gonna repeat what Donnie said. I think it it, it lands on with a two, uh, and that's not necessarily you know for the reasons that you guys said. It's not necessarily that I hated it. It's just so damn weird, and there's so many <laughs> unanswered questions you know that you that come up throughout the movie, and then by the time the movie ends, like well they didn't answer most of that shit, but who gives a you know who gives a hell. Let's just move on. It's done, you know. Uh, you know, it's fine for what it is. And like I said, I think this restoration really makes it look a lot better than it would, like smoke. You know, like you said, smoke. If you were watching the old VHS copy, you know, that yeah. came out back yeah. in the day, uh, this makes it look way better. But you know, that so I, my hats off to Vinegar Syndrome for making this thing look. You know, for making it sing a little bit because it does look great. You know, and you can tell that there was some damage to the film throughout but otherwise you know i think it looks fine for what it is so it's watchable uh i would probably watch it again randomly one of these days but it's definitely not one i'm going to seek out so i no. think for me it, it you know it's, it's a two it's a two um and like we said you know before will's not here so we, we can't get his two cents but we'll get his rating at some point and the official kill count from him but until then Connections. Connections. Well, yeah, in uh, true blood beat form, I should probably, you know, probably uh, maybe get my rocks off and then uh, maybe that'll make a connection. But uh, yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing here from uh, from cast or crew to uh, past spook show episodes. Probably not a not much of a surprise. So, yeah, because uh, I don't think almost anyone tied with this went on to do much else. No, yeah, th no. this is there's problem that makes total sense that there's not going to be any connection <laughs> whatsoever to it. All right, so with that out of the way, 
Gore score. Well, one of the things that you kind of hope for in these like low budget you know, horror movies is that if they don't have necessarily the greatest talent to put together a fantastic script and movie, then at least they would throw in a lot of gore, right? But unfortunately, we that's one thing we don't get too much of with Blood Beast. And if it's got blood in the title, you would think there'd be more of it. Uh, you have the hunter at the beginning who's Dutch shot or stabbed by the samurai, who, whatever, they don't really explain it, but he's got blood around the stomach area, right? And then uh, you have some uh, stabbing with the neighbor, with the neighbor, and then uh, her husband who gets chased. So, uh, first of all, <laughs> he gets thrown, thrown through the window, right? And then he goes on a, on a run, takes it to uh, the family's house the main family's house in the movie, and then uh, smashes his face through the door, right? Or gets his face smashed through the door by the samurai. And that, there's a little bit of blood there, but it's not anything really super gory. The rest of the movie, I can't think of too much that's really overtly hard. I don't know if there's any more gore really beyond that point. So I, I think I'm, I would have to go low end with this one since it's not a whole lot of splatter. It's mainly just blood, not a whole lot of gore splatter. I mean, as far as like, you know, heads hacked off and limbs hacked off, which you would hope for with the samurai anyway, too. Don't get a whole lot of that. Just mainly uh, blood strewn about in a couple of different scenes. So I think I have to go with a four on the blood, on the uh, gore score for this. For like you said, for a movie that's called Bloodbeat, it's fairly bloodless, ironically. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. See, uh, uh, before we uh, wrapped wrap Bloodbeat up for good and put it away, uh, I will note that uh, the only thing that I could find as far as a, a critic rating or whatever is there really was none. Only you know on IMDb where you have users rating it. It gets a 4.6 out of 10 stars. That was the only thing I could dig up. So um, that, that's the around the usual score we get for most of the movies we watch here, right? Especially from the IMDb audience. <laughs> that's probably about right. Mid. Roughly mid. That's about yep. you know, mm-hmm. middle of the line. That's about where we are. So uh, also I'll add, you know, th- now this is without having Will score. Uh, the three of us, our consensus score was 2.1 stars. So just to let you know where we sit right now until we get Will's two cents. 2.1 stars. Mike, we'll, down. <laughs> that's where we'll leave it. So next week we, we come back with our latest spook show spotlight. And it's been, a, it's been a few minutes since we had one with, and we're going to be taking a deep dive into Christmas slasher films. So, uh, you want to come back next Monday, at 6 PM East, wherever you get your podcast and you want to hear our conversation about Christmas slashers. So, you know, last year we kind of went through all the holiday movies itself. This one, we're getting more specific in the subgenre of horror slasher movie so it's going to be an interesting talk interesting dive you don't want to miss that and then of course the week after that we're going to be episode 139 right before christmas or the week before christmas i should say on december 19th we're going to be talking about the advent calendar from 2021 lots of cool things coming up and we've got an interesting cannon fodder <laughs> the, the day after <laughs> christmas coming up and we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in the coming days so uh yeah we'll leave it there so mm. uh for will who couldn't be with us Professor Smoke, Donnie, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.